I'm Kate Daniels. Summer is just around the corner, and it typically means excitement for kids. No school, lots of sun and play. Yet, for too many of our kids, it means the prospect of hunger. This is a bone-chilling thought. It can be a good and healthy summer for every child. And we are going to hear how that can be done as we meet Jennifer Mitchell, a registered dietitian and the Summer Food and Special Projects Supervisor for Washington State. Jennifer Mitchell, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Good morning, Kate. Thank you for providing me the time to talk with you. This is an important and perfect time to be speaking. So, you know, I think this is a mutual time of appreciating the opportunity to get out really critical information because before we know it, summer's going to be here. And, and that uh, typically means, oh, great, fun times, right? That's right. But along with that comes the whole situation, which is really sad, tragic, if we really want to be clear about that, as to what happens with our kids, with our young kids who depend on food programs at school during the school year. But all of a sudden, here comes vacation time. And oh, my gosh, all of that source of nutrition, that source of food evaporates for several months. That's right. It it certainly does. And we know that children need healthy food all year long. And during the school year, many of the children um, that are school age receive free and reduced price breakfast and lunch throughout the school year from the National School Lunch Program and breakfast programs. But when school lets out, uh, many of these children are at risk for hunger. And they get really nervous toward the end of school year. And teachers and also uh, food service workers have told us that, that kids are you know, very nervous, and, and they start acting that way. And it, it's nice for families to know that there's a place where they can take their children during the summertime and get a free meal. We don't want hunger, which is one of the most severe roadblocks to the learning process, um, to be an issue in the summertime. So the Summer Food Service Program bridges that, that gap, that hunger gap, um, and hopefully we can... Um, we can get the word out, and that's why I'm talking with you today, about the need for sponsors to provide summer meal sites um, so children can go and get food during the summertime. So the sponsors, and that's really the crux here, is we're, we're inviting that. We are reaching out and extending a big invitation for sponsors. Who are we looking for? What does this look like? Well, um, what we're looking for is uh, an organization, and it could be a public or private nonprofit school. It could be a unit of local, municipal, county, or state government. It could be a tribal organization. It could be a public or private nonprofit um, organization, camp, university. Um, it could be. It could be a variety of different organizations, as long as it's not a for-profit one. That's the one thing that I didn't say there. Um, that has a desire and a heart to um, open up a site to feed children during the summertime. That's really what we're looking for, is somebody who, who's willing to take some time out of their summer and, and, help, and help the children in their community. And we know that uh, we have many nonprofits in our area, lots of folks with big hearts and big goals of doing great things. 
but I'm curious, we, you do not want a for-profit organization involved. What is that about? Well, the regulation does not allow for a for-profit uh, organization to sponsor the program, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't have a site, a feeding site, under a nonprofit organization. So um, that, that's, that's just a regulation uh, requirement that we have to follow. Okay. Yeah. So I could see then there might be a collaboration between a nonprofit who somehow knows of or just uh, has connections mm-hmm. with a pro- for-profit who might provide funding? Yes. And um, that, that can certainly be a, a, a wonderful community partnership that um, we would love to encourage. Um, just because a for-profit couldn't sponsor the program, they could partner up with a nonprofit and um, provide them with services that might help them provide a summer meal program. So, yes. Because there is a, a big piece here is the funding. Uh, it's important to provide this food. We There's no question about it. You really have underscored how having good nutrition, regular food is important for the brain, is important for long-term learning. Right. But there is a cost associated with the food. So uh, that is a key piece. And perhaps a nonprofit could connect with some uh, food organization, uh, perhaps like a grocery store. Does that mm-hmm. happen? Um, it, it, not that I'm aware of in Washington State. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not aware of what what goes on outside of Washington State. I don't think that it would be something that would be limited. I, I do know, however, that we do have some sponsors in Washington State who um, work with grocery stores in food recovery. And so they use some of that food in the summer food program. So it's, it's, it's food that wouldn't be sold in grocery stores. And so they've, uh, the, non-pro- the nonprofit organization has um, coordinated with the grocery stores to recover that food. And it's still perfectly good. It's just not going to be sold. Um, and then they utilize some of that food for the summer program. But the summer program does, the summer food service program does reimburse not uh, the sponsors for meals served. It's but there's a gap, so it's after the fact. So sometimes uh, nonprofit sponsors are going to need a little bit of upfront money to help them out to get started. And we do offer advance uh, payments to help them out with that. And so, Jennifer, where does that funding come from? That's mm-hmm. wonderful because that should theoretically take away many obstacles mm-hmm. for an organization if there is that funding available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let me explain that the, the Summer Food Service Program uh, is a federally funded, state-administered program. And it, it's reimbursed. Uh, we reimburse the sponsors who serve healthy meals to children and teens at no, and they're serving those meals at no charge. Um, and so what they do is they just have to take meal counts. They have to follow some rules, <laughs> and we provide training for that. And then they submit uh, a reimbursement for, for their meals. And then at the state agency, we provide that reimbursement back. Um, when a sponsor has started up the program, they have the option of asking for a, an advanced payment. 
And so we would look at um, some certain criteria and decide how much we could give them um, that wouldn't be a risk for either the sponsor receiving the money. Um, we don't want to give them too much and then have them have to pay us back out of their own pockets. It's you know, kind of a, a delicate mix. So we, um, we work with them to find out how much is really truly needed based on the projected reimbursement that they would re be receiving during their first month or two of operation. Um, but we do recover that advance back out of the uh, reimbursement that they'll be getting. So um, they need to be aware that you know, this is um, it's kind of a catch-up game when it comes to reimbursements. Yes. So that explanation of it really gives a clear understanding of why you, why uh, the program is looking to have nonprofits organizing the sites, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, to be clear, this is not a program where sponsors should be looking at, or organizations should be looking at coming on and to make money because the, the intent is not for anybody to make money. In fact, you're not supposed to make money off of this program. Uh, it, we reimburse for meals served, and that reimbursement should include all of the expenses that it would cost to operate and administer the program. So we, we provide budget information and assistance as well to, to help sponsors streamline um, what the expected expenses would be. Um, so it, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to be very aware that you're not going to make money off this program, um, and there are times when you may actually be putting in some of your own funding to um, to make this program successful. So we're looking for sponsors that um, are in it for the long haul. We don't want, I mean, we'll welcome somebody who wants to just come in on one year and then decide, you know, oh, this is not quite for us. But we're looking for sponsors who who are looking at a long term. Uh, community effort to feed children during the summertime. And sometimes we find that um, an organization is not quite ready to sponsor the program, but they're willing to have a, a meal site. And so what we can do is we can um, partner up that organization with an already existing sponsor in their area that will sponsor them, and then they can have a, a feeding site underneath that existing sponsor. So the expenses are not, uh, the risk of, um, of losing money is not there. It's lessened. So let's paint a picture here and look at last year sure. in terms of an organization that perhaps wasn't the sponsor but had a site available and mm -hmm. who the kind of sponsor would be involved with them. What did that look like? Okay, so for example, and I'm just going to use an area in Spokane. I know that um, many of the listeners may not be in Spokane, but this is a really great example. Last year in Spokane Valley, we had some libraries that wanted to participate on the program because they were having summer reading opportunities for children in their area, and they recognized that the children would do better if they had a little meal you know, during, during this reading program. And it would be an extra draw to bring the kids into the reading program. So what they did is they called me and they said, you know, we're interested in offering a meal service, but we don't think that we're really ready to sponsor the program yet. There's a lot of paperwork involved, and we're just not quite on board with that yet. So I said, okay, that's fine. And I gave them some names of some of the local sponsors that they could talk with. Um, 
that I thought would be really good partners for them. And they called, and depending on, they had three different libraries, and each one of those libraries were sponsored under different sponsors. So um, there were three different school districts in the area, and they provided meals for those sites, and the, the meals were delivered to those sites every day, and then the children were uh, offered meals, and meal counts were taken, and then those meal counts were sent back to the sponsoring organization, the school district, and the school district um, was, were reimbursed for the, the meals that were claimed. So the, the site, who wasn't quite ready to be a sponsor yet, got all the benefits that they wanted to, to feed children in their local community, but they didn't have to put out any money for the food. Um, they just had to do a little bit of paperwork. Oh, that is really such mm -hmm. a great example because libraries so often become the place where kids go mm -hmm. during the summer, just as you said, for the summer reading program for one thing. Mm -hmm. And to have those snacks and food available just is so logical. It is. It, it, it's, it was a great um, success as well. It was such a great success that the the Spokane County Library System is now going to be a sponsor this year because they learned that while it was great to have um, a school district helping them out the first year, they would rather do their own program so that they can, uh, you know, they just wanted to do their own thing. Um, so it, it was a win-win situation because they got their feet wet. They found out that they really did want to be a sponsor, and now they're going to do it. So they, you know, they, they got a very slow start, um, in how to be a sponsor, but it was very successful in the in the sense that they discovered they did want to be one. We do have we do have some organizations that do exactly what I just said, uh, you know, like with the library and the school district, and then they decide, you know, we'd rather not be a sponsor. We'd rather just be a summer feeding site, and that's perfectly acceptable as well. Where are we currently? in terms of having sponsors and those food sites available, uh, are, are you needing more of each? Yeah, um, that, that's a great question. And I will tell you that we measure success in Washington State for meals served. Um, while we would love to have more sponsors and we would love to have more feeding sites, our goal is to feed more children consistently throughout the entire summer. So if we, if we can feed more children with more sponsors, that would be great. Uh, if we can feed more children with the same number of sponsors we had last year, but more feeding sites in areas that are underserved or not served at all right now, that would be even better. Because there are children in, in, in pockets throughout the state that don't have a feeding site available to them for whatever reason. And that's really what we want is to get those, those children fed during the summertime. Um, last year we had 155 sponsors throughout the state of Washington offering um, 951 feeding sites. We served just shy of 2 million meals last summer. Wow. I think that's yeah. really huge, isn't it? That is phenomenal. It, it, it was absolutely phenomenal. We, um, in the last five years, we've, we've gone from having 123 sponsors to 155 sponsors. We've gone from 735 sites to 951 sites. So we've seen great growth. And we've also increased in that time frame, we've increased the meals served to children by almost 500,000 children. 
So we are seeing the growth. Um, but what happens, unfortunately, is we, we have sponsors that come on and then decide they can't participate for whatever reason and they go off. So, um, you know, we do all this hard work and then, and then, you know, for whatever reason, sponsors don't come back on because, you know, it's just during the summertime. What are they doing for the rest of the year? Um, you know, and that's one of the things that's hard to get them to come back on. So we're really looking for sponsors who can be sustainable throughout the years for us so that we can count on children getting fed every year during the summertime. Right. Yeah. And the children we're talking about, because we're talking about school being out, mm-hmm. this is all children, kindergarten age or pre-K through 12th grade? Yeah. Thank you for asking that, Kate. It's any child, any child, 18 years of age and younger, period. Okay. It does not matter if they are a legal resident of the United States. They can be an undocumented child. They can be a child from a impoverished area, a child from a very well-infused, financially infused family background. It doesn't matter what the economic background is for the child. If that child is 18 years of age and younger and shows up at a feeding site, that child can be fed. They're not going to be asked for their name. They're not going to be asked for their age, if they're a legal resident or not. If they show up and it's during mealtime, they can be offered a meal. And there are some children, or excuse me, some adults that can participate on this program, and that would be those adults who are mentally and or physically disabled who participate in a school program during the school year. Okay. Okay. So we can really see how there is a great need. And, you know, when we think about those children who come from impoverished or lower income areas, Mm -hmm. that number is huge. We just know that from life around us right now. So, Yeah. yeah. So there's a great need. And I mean, it's heartbreaking when you said at the outset, Jennifer, how, you know, kids get anxious as the year winds down. Usually that's a time of, oh, yay, it's summer vacation. Mm -hmm. But right now, if you think that you're going to be without food, that it can't I can't even imagine that stressor. Yeah, it's it's really distressing for me to even watch children get very stressed out about this. You know, it, like you said, Kate, kids, you know, they look forward to summer. I remember being so excited to get out of school and go into summer. But I was one of those kids that got stressed out as well because I came from one of those families that didn't have much. And I was a child who benefited from summer meals program when I was younger. And I knew that I could go to the park and get a meal. Great. Yeah. So it, it breaks my heart to see kids that are hungry and know that we could help them out by just offering a feeding site in their community. So, you know, I'm really asking community organizations to consider looking around their community and saying, is there a need and is this need already being met in our community or not? And I can help them with that. If they call me or email me, I can let them know that, yes, there is a need, but it's already being met or it's not being met. Now, let's mention how to reach you, Jennifer. So people can call me, and my phone number is 360-725-6056. And my email address is jennifer.mitchell at k 12 Dot wa.us. 
My first name and my last name are spelled the traditional way. It's J-E-N-N-I-S-E-R dot M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. And then again, it's at K12 dot W-A dot U-S. Terrific. So anyone with a question about what the need might be, whether they qualify, just send you an email, give you a call, and they'll get specific answers to their particular situation. Yes, they will. What I'll probably do is I will first direct them to our website. It's a pretty long URL, so I would most likely direct you to the website and our reference sheet on what the Summer Food Service Program is and the basic information that I've kind of covered here, but not, you know, in much detail, so that whatever organization it is, they can kind of get a feel for exactly what the program is in their own eyes. But I'm also willing to take the time to look and see where they're at and see if there's a need in their particular community. Excellent. Yeah. This is so important, so great. it's, It's very exciting. Yes, And the thing that might also come to someone's mind, when it comes to food and when it comes to hunger, we know we eat every day. We eat several times a day. So this program, is it daily? Is it just the regular school week? What would a person be anticipating? (laughs) Um, That's a great question. So um, most of our sponsors and sites operate during the normal work week, Monday through Friday. We do have some sponsors that are filling the need for the weekends. We only have one sponsor that does that, and that's in the King County area. And we're really thankful that they're there because we know that children are hungry on the weekends like they are on the weekdays. So having uh, sponsors on the weekends are ideal. It's a fantastic opportunity. It's an untapped opportunity that if we have an organization that's interested in feeding children during the weekends, that would be ideal. But I'm not going to turn away from anybody who wants to feed children during the week as well. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. That There's not a lot of rules surrounding the times and the days. If you want to do it and you qualify and it's an area of need, then I think we can proceed with hope that you could sponsor a site. And as far as the time frame, when the program actually gets started providing food? Well, the regulation says that this program can't start before May 1st and has to end by September 30th. But we do want the sponsors to to not start feeding summer meals until school is out in their area because that's when the need begins. So typically most programs start mid-June and then they run until mid-August. You know, there's another gap that we have is that a lot of the, our school sponsors, many of them operate the program during their summer school time frame, and they do open their doors to the community children as well because that's a requirement of the program. But what happens when summer school is no longer in operation? That's where we need the community partners to come in and say, we're going to offer wraparound services. So if the summer program for the school is only in July, we're going to wrap around that July summer school program and we're going to start the day after school ends until the day before summer school and then we're going to go back and we're going to start again the day after summer school ends to the day before school starts. So it's a wraparound program for all those children in that community to continuously have a place to go to get a meal. And that's where we can partner up with organizations that are already doing 
programming, but it's not for the entire summer. Kind of summer male champions we're looking for. Yeah, there's an opportunity for everyone, really. Absolutely. And so the thing is, if this is something that is tickling at your heart, that you feel that there's a way to be involved, you can't maybe jump in to the deep end of the pool, but there's always an opportunity to do the wading pool concept. That's right. You can get your toes wet, find out if you like it. Training, if someone has not been involved before, is there training that's coming up that people could get involved in? Yes, there is. In fact, if you are wanting to be a new sponsor, you are required to send your administrative staff to training, and we call it in-person training. And that's coming up. We have three of them in the state, and they're going to be toward the end of April and beginning of May. There's one in Spokane, one in Tumwater, and one up in Linwood, up above Seattle. And all you have to do is register for that training. But what I would ask is that before you register for a training that you talk with me to make sure that, you know, you, of course, do qualify to be a sponsor and that you're um, looking at an area where you would qualify to have a site that's not being already, that a need is not already being met. But, yes, training is coming up pretty quickly. And so we do one-on-one training as well. Um, so the, the training that I'm talking about, though, is it's an all-day training. We give you the basic information and lots of information <laughs> all day long. But then we come back and we do um, a one-on-one mini training with a sponsor once they've completed and submitted an, an application to become a sponsor. So there's two training opportunities. And then we continuously uh, assist with technical assistance throughout the summer as well. Oh, that is so great. There's <laughs> just no reason really for anyone, any organization, any nonprofit organization who wants to participate to feel at uh, any reservation because you have established a great way to approach this. Uh, There's not going to be, you know, any kind of gap. There are solutions for it all. There are. There are. Um, You know, we, we all are trying to do this together to feed the children of Washington State during the summertime. And we have to approach it as a team, teamwork approach. Otherwise, I don't think that um, we can be as successful as we potentially could be. You know, I want to, I, I want to go above the two million mark this summer um, because that t- that two million mark means two million meals served to children during the summertime in in Washington State. And I, I really do think that to get above that two million mark, we're all going to have to work hard. And uh, as a team. So let's do this. Mm-hmm. We know that there are those areas, as you said, Jennifer, where there are gaps, where there isn't sponsorship, but those poor, hungry children exist there. And that's the thing to be thinking about is where can I help out? Maybe I, I live, you know, a half hour away from such a location. Mm-hmm. Let's keep that in mind and, and really reach out, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So once again, let's mention a way to contact you, your phone number and email, and let's get rolling. Okay. So again, my name is Jennifer Mitchell, and I am the Summer Food Service Program Supervisor in Washington State. And that's at the office. We didn't even say about this. Um, We're located at the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, which is the Department of Education for Washington State. Um, my contact phone number is 
6056. And my email address is Jennifer, that's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, dot Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, at K12.WA.US. Terrific. Jennifer, I so appreciate that you are organizing this important program that is going to be helping our kids who are out of school during the summer make sure that they are fed. Nothing could be better. Well, I'm just one person in this big whole scheme of things. It's the sponsors and the sites that really are the champions for summer doing what they're doing. They're the boots on the ground. They're the ones that are actually getting these kids fed. And so I'm just wanting to connect those kids with those sponsors that are willing and able to do it. So I'm excited about the opportunity to get the word out. And hopefully if we have one new sponsor because of this webcast, I would be thrilled. Yes, absolutely. The invitation stands. Please reach out and accept it. Yes, please. Thank you so much, Kate, for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And Jennifer, thank you for taking time with us.